Welcome to Rory's Folk, hosted by Rory Skyster and showcasing and discussing a diverse range of contemporary British folk music by established and up-and-coming artists alike. In South Australia I was born, heave away, haul away, in South Australia around Cape Horn we're bound for South Australia, haul away you rolling kings, heave away, haul away, haul away, you hear me sing, we're bound for South Australia, as I walked out one morning fair, heave away, haul away, Twas there I met Miss Nancy Blair, we're bound for South Australia, haul away you rolling kings, heave away, haul away, haul away, you hear me sing we're bound for south australia i rolled her up i rolled her down eve away haul away i rolled around about the town we're bound for south australia all the way you rolling kings heave away haul away all the way you hear me sing we're bound for south australia there's just one thing that grieves me mind eve away haul away it's to leave miss nancy blair behind we're bound for south australia all the way you rolling kings heave away all away, all away, you hear me sing, we're bound for South Australia, and as we wallop around Cape Horn, heave away, all away, you'll wish to God you'd never been born, we're bound for South Australia, all away, you rolling kings, heave away, all away, all away, you hear me sing, we're bound for South Australia, now here I am in a foreign land, heave away, all away, with a bottle of whiskey in me hand, we're bound for South Australia, all away, you rolling Kings, heave away, haul away, haul away, you hear me sing, we're bound for South Australia, Port Adelaide is a fine old town, heave away, haul away, there's plenty of girls to go around, we're bound for South Australia, haul away, you rolling kings, heave away, haul away, haul away, you hear me sing, we're bound for South Australia. You're listening to Rory's Folk, in which Rory Skyster showcases a diverse range of contemporary British folk music by established and up-and-coming artists alike. Hello and welcome to Rory's Folk. Um, what you just heard was South Australia, which is um, a sea shanty, probably a capstan shanty. And um, I deliberately picked a song that was quite short because today is the first episode in which I'm doing a sort of new segment which is a showcase segment. Um, in this episode I'm going to be showcasing the album Ghost Watching by Jessica Law. So that's going to be in the next little talking section. But first we are going to listen to Gossamer Tree by Joy Shop. And then after that, we're going to have the first track from Jessica Law's album Ghost Watching, which is in fact the title track. Goodbye, Maggie. It is time to leave to rid this cottage of your spectral form. And I won't be happy till I hear that you're free To fly through forests that are free from my scorn
haunting presence brings chills to the room, and I can't quite fathom how your old broken heart can function freely when you're far from your tomb. So go to the gossamer tree to make your home in its old woven dream.
artists alike so that was gossamer tree by joy shop followed by ghost watching by jessica law so in a moment i'm going to be introducing jessica law to chat a bit about um that track ghost watching and in fact the album that it comes from also called ghost watching um but first i just wanted to say about the first track that i played there gossamer tree gossamer is an interesting word because um, when people say gossamer these days, they tend to mean uh, the kind of silky spider's web that you get in fields, on trees, um, you know, on plants, especially that you can see sort of on dewy mornings. And it's it plays a huge part in folklore. It's often thought to be signs of fairies that were there in the night or angel wings and various things like that. Um, but in fact, the word gossamer comes from um, its contraction of goose summer. And the reason for that is that um, basically in, in autumn, when there were spells of really fine weather, they were known as goose summers because that was when the geese were eaten, having been fattened up over the summer. So if it had been a good summer 
then it was a goose summer because you'd get lots of really nice fat geese to eat. Um, and so that's what you'd call it when it was really nice autumn weather. And it was then that you'd find these spiderwebs on bright autumn mornings because if the weather was nice, then the sun would be shining brightly, you'd actually be able to see them. Whereas obviously if it, if it had not been such a nice year, um, then you know, you wouldn't have these these bright autumn mornings where you could actually see the spider's webs catching the light like that. So that's why they're called gossamer. But these days, we, we don't talk about goose summers anymore. And so the sort of legacy of that has literally just come to mean the, the, the spider's webs. Um, so yeah, I think that's just a really interesting little little fact there. Um, so the band that performed uh, Gossamer Tree are Joy Shop. They do have a band camp that has one of their albums on it. Um, but the best way to find all of their music is to go to joyshopmusic.com. All one word, joyshopmusic.com. And you can find there um, the three albums that they did release, including Fables, which is where the song Gossamer Tree is from. So moving on to Ghost Watching by Jessica Law. Uh, and this starts our segment in this episode of a showcase episode, which is a new thing that I'm doing on this show. And the first showcase will be Jessica Law's new album, Ghost Watching. And you've already heard her first track. So now it's my pleasure to introduce Jessica Law. Hello. I hope you're all brimming with intrigue after that taster. I certainly am, yes. Really great to have you here as my first guest on the show. I'm really honoured to have you here because you're someone whose who's music I've listened to and enjoyed for many years now. So could you, just for the listeners, explain a little bit about your music? Yes, well, um, I, I've i been doing music for about, oh my God, it's been like 12 years now. What have I done with my life? Um, but um, I really love writing songs that tell a story or songs that are inspired by history, science, mythology, folklore, something that you can really get your teeth into and... Um, and I, I think it's loosely described as folk. Some may dispute that. Um, but I love giving it a sort of slightly theatrical element and bringing in other influences as well to suit the mood of the song and, and what I'm trying to say. Um, and just, uh, try to do something a bit new and interesting and. Well, I certainly think it works. And what you said about not being sure if it's really folk music, I think that's all of the time about my music and I know a lot of people think that about their music and there's a lot of debate in the folk scene you know what is folk music but to me something that tells an interesting story I mean that's the kernel of what folk music is which I think is definitely what you do so do you hear these stories out and about in your everyday life and then decide to write a song based on that or, or do you have more of an overarching narrative of things that you want to talk about about. Oh, well, it's very, it's, it, oh, I'm such an artist, honestly. Inspiration comes from a bolt from the blue. Like, I'll honestly just like watch a documentary about something really interesting and then think I could write a song about that or like read a newspaper article or, um, I, I have two methods. Either I discover an interesting factoid or I have a lot of emotions about something that's happening in my life, but 
I'm too cowardly to express them in a sort of confessional, personal way. And so instead, I uh, I think, well, what's a mythological parallel to this? How can I swathe this in a hundred layers of myth and folklore so they don't realise it's me? So those are the two roots to my songwriting, I would say. <laughs> those seem like good strategies to me. Um, so... Tell me a bit more. Um, so Ghost Watching is the title track of your album, Ghost Watching. Can you tell me a bit more specifically about that album? I suppose the whole, the album itself can be summarised under the theme Ghost Watching because it's about the imprints that past generations leave for us to find and the imprints that we leave on future generations and how ghosts don't necessarily have to be a bad thing or a scary thing, but they can be a beautiful inspiration. And um, also, I'll, I'll tell you an exclusive little uh, factoid. Um, all of the songs are part of one big narrative. And the big narrative is the plot of the penultimate song on the album, Give Us Time. And they all the other songs on the album fit into the story of that song. So the uh, the idea of that song is that there's a couple, and they're constantly reincarnated again and again throughout history, and they're soulmates. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they get together or that they get it right or that they're in the right place at the right time. And you know, sometimes they all they do is. In one of the verses, we locked eyes once in Piccadilly. That's it. Um, and, and so it's, it's, and then the, all of the songs on the rest of the album are in a way from those two people's lives and from all those different areas of history, but they're out of sequence. Uh, just to add an extra level of, um, you know, don't want to make it too easy for people. Um, so that's, yeah, but the album, yeah, it's, it's my most recent songs um, that I wrote while I was living in Cambridge. And I think the city of Cambridge itself was a big inspiration because it's it's slightly magical. I honestly think it's a bit magic because it's such an ancient city where so many things have happened all on one spot. And you can almost see the layers of history, um, you know, layered over each other. And it's also a place where a lot of people sort of just pass through and then move on. And so I like to think that every landmark in Cambridge has a thousand different memories attached to it and a thousand different levels of significance to different people. It's just, it's a magical place. And of course, a lot of artists and musicians and thinkers pass through and you can almost feel them. Um, you can almost feel them on the air. Um, but that's, the the song ghost watching in particular is it's about that it's also about um uh one of the first houses i moved into when i was living in cambridge was me and my housemate at the time thought it was very very haunted um but it wasn't it was just old it was an old victorian arms house where they'd house the the poor and needy of the parish and it was very creaky and drafty and we used to think that all the um the sounds that we heard in the house were the, the ghosts of those who'd come before us and um and sort of thinking about all the different generations of people who'd lived there before we did 
And it, it was really exciting. And then it made me think, well, what if we applied that to Cambridge more widely? Um, and so that's, that's where I got the, the inspiration for the song. Amazing. That's really interesting how all the songs are linked together through the place and the people. I'm going to have to listen to the whole um, album again. Great. Well, I think that brings us on to the next song of yours that I want to play, which is This Is Not A Place Of Honour. And I think that song touches a little bit on some of the themes that you've talked about already. But um, can you give us an introduction to that song for our listeners? Oh my gosh, strap in, uh, because this song is, uh, it, it's, it's just like a, a documentary in a song. <laughs> what can I say? Um, so it's based on the idea of long-term nuclear waste warnings, um, which are, uh, basically what people do with a lot of our nuclear waste from power stations and things nowadays is they bury it underground. And it's actually, pretty darn safe as long as everybody knows where it is and they know not to disturb it um but how do you tell that to people 10,000 years from now when this nuclear waste is still dangerous but they're completely different people they don't speak the same language as us they don't probably have even a slightly similar culture to us it, you know, it, it's almost like the amount of time between the ancient Egyptians and the modern day. How do you tell them, just don't go there? And um, the the governments, the world governments got together this sort of um, task force uh, with scientists and artists and communicators. And they were thinking, like, how do we mark this site to say that it's it's just toxic? And they came up with such funny ideas. Uh, like they were like, why don't we have giant spikes or, um, or why don't we have forbidding blocks, which just look a bit scary and make the land unfarmable. And they came up with an Aeolian warning, which is the idea that you would have a stone which has a hole in it. And when the wind whistles through, it creates an eerie noise, which I mention in the final verse of the song, wind blows a warning through sharpened stone. But it's, I think all those things would beckon people to the site, not to not, not um, ward them away. Um, and I think in the end they decided that the best solution would be to leave the spot unmarked and then it would be so boring that nobody would bother to dig it up. Why, why would they, you know, why would they look there? Um, but the, the chorus is based on, um, the real wording of the messages that they wanted to put across about these um, cursed uh, nuclear sites. Um, and they wanted to think of non-verbal ways to say things like, this is not a place of honour. No highly esteemed deed is commemorated here. Nothing valued is here. What is here was dangerous and repulsive to us. This message is a warning about danger. And so the chorus is basically just that but so that's, you know, that's the overarching theme of the song. And every verse goes into finer detail about a time in our history when humanity has come very close to its own destruction. The, whole, the song as a whole, to me, the message is how willing the army or the government or, or the authorities or even just the 
the rich, powerful people are to put the life of everyone and the world at risk just to show off their power for, for bloodlust, for, you know, just to win it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so that's, um, that's the song. This is not a place of honor. Thank you for that introduction. So now I'm going to play This is not a place of honor. And then straight after that, I'm going to play The Hill, also by Jessica Law from the album Ghost Watching. And then after that, we'll be back with a little bit more chat with Jessica before I finish this segment of the episode. underground Here lies a bunker 35 birth with a speech from the Queen Never yet said aloud Mourning a disfigured earth Close to the coast Accessed by rowing boat of sheep would have been used in the war if it hadn't ended before this is not a place of honor nothing of value this is a message of danger we Thank you, 
Rory's Folk, in which Rory Skyster showcases a diverse range of contemporary British folk music by established and up-and-coming artists alike. So, that was This Is Not A Place of Honour, followed by The Hill, both by Jessica Law from her album Ghost Watching. And for anyone just joining me now, um, I'm actually talking to Jessica about her music. Hello! So, yeah, you've talked a little bit about your album Ghost Watching and about the title track Ghost Watching. Um, you've also talked a bit about the first of the two songs we just heard, This Is Not A Place of Honour. I think The Hill, the second song we just heard, is a little more self-explanatory in terms of what it's about. But do you have anything more to add about The Hill? I think it makes a nice follow-up to This Is Not A Place of Honour. Because in a way, it's also about science and the misuse of science and the the refusal to um, even accept science. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> don't want to go into too much detail, but it's, it's based on a, a certain subset of people on the internet who have these very fixed ideas and no matter how much you reason with them, no matter how much you tell them about, you know, people's real experiences or the scientific facts or the logical explanation, they, they're not going to listen because they have their own reasons for having this hill that they die on. And the reasons aren't always based on <clears throat> what's true or what's good or what's morally right. They're, they've got their own <laughs> agenda. But I think the song actually helped me to understand why some people do t- choose a hill to die on and they do close their eyes and close their minds to ideas and I think as a, I, I like to think I'm, I try to be an open-minded person and a progressive person, someone who welcomes change for the better. But writing that song made me understand that there's comfort in familiarity, perhaps, or people define themselves by these fixed ideas or they find a community who share these, um, ideas. And so it's it sort of, it's sort of, Help me to understand it a bit more. And, um, yeah, there are, there are a lot of references to scientists. Uh, you might have noticed the, uh, Isaac Newton's, uh, quote, standing on the shoulders of giants. Um, there's also a bit of a nod to Mary Anning, the, uh, famous fossil collector and, uh, paleontologist. Uh, yeah, there's even a reference to uh, Ecclesiastes with the turn, turn, turn. You know, even even the Bible says things change. So you know, come on, people. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's and I, it's very, very much tongue in cheek. Yeah, it's a great criticism of as you say, a certain sort of people that you find on the internet who bizarrely don't seem to exist in real life either. They only exist on the internet. I suppose that those people aren't, um, don't take such a strong position when you're talking to them in person. But anyway, we're nearing the end of the interview segment now, but um, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to, I suppose, uh, add any further thoughts that you had uh, on on music in general and and folk music in particular and um it's it's place 
in in our society, I suppose. No, I I have this idea of folk music that it's like folk music was the music of the people, then it was written down and it was almost fossilised. And then really it, it shouldn't be like that. It should constantly be evolving and 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 you know and and you know changing according to modern sentiments and modern values and things that modern people are passionate about and and i think your music in particular does that a lot which i think's really good thank you very much you're a bit braver than me when it comes to you know wearing your heart on your sleeve and being explicit about what you want to say about you know social issues i think i i'm a, i hide a little more behind metaphor um, but I think that that's what folk music um, should be. And there's um, obviously there's great artists like Grace Petrie and there's a artist that I used to know in the West Midlands called Jess Silk, um, who does a load of really good sort of socialist um, themed songs. And and I think, yeah, it folk music should change to reflect people and new ideas and but I do love folk music I I love I love the old stuff and I love the new stuff and I love everything in between I love bands like Trembling Bells that have like screeching distorted guitar over a beautiful soaring Sandy Denny-esque vocals I like traditional it's yeah there's a place for everyone in folk because it's folk, it's the people. Absolutely. I entirely agree. Um, I think we have fairly similar views there on what folk is and, and what we think it should be. And I'm really glad that you're playing your part in that. Um, I do think that your stories are absolutely valuable parts of what is contemporary folk music. About mythological creatures and ghosts. and. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Um, but... As you said before, you do, you tie it very much to things that are more relevant to us in our world today. I hope so. And I like to think that other people can recognise themselves in some of the things that they hear and, and they feel a little bit less alone or a little bit less silly for feeling that. Entirely understand that as, um, as a fellow singer songwriter, um, so we've got one more track of yours to play, but before we start talking about that, just wanted to give you the opportunity to say where people can find some of your back catalogue and, of course, uh, your most recent album that we've just been talking about. So what platforms are you on online and um, where can people find your music? Well, uh, my music is on all streaming platforms including Spotify, Apple, iTunes. The best way to support me is to buy the digital album or even the physical CD, if you're into that old school stuff, uh, from Bandcamp. Um, so just search for Jessica Law on the Bandcamp website or go to jessicalaw.bandcamp.com. Um, if you want to follow me on social media... Um, I'm at Jessica the Law on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, I'm Jessica Law and the Outlaws. Great, thank you. Uh, so do look up Jessica Law because if you're not already convinced by the tracks I've played, she's really good. Thanks. <laughs> 
So we're going to have one more track from her. And uh, this is not, in fact, from the most recent album. Uh, this is from the album before last, apparently. And it's called The Crew of the HMS Terror. So uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that song? Yes. Um, well, I've really wanted to talk about this song on a folk podcast. The song is basically a sequel to the traditional folk song Lady Franklin's Lament, um, which is a song about um, an expedition led by Lord Franklin in uh, the 18, 1848, um, an expedition to the Arctic. They thought that they could find a northwest passage that boats could use, use to trade as a trade route to travel around the world. Um, but their ship got snowed in. They, everything went terribly wrong and the whole crew and the ships were lost and nobody knew where any of the people had gone. That's where the folk song Lady Franklin's Lament, uh, also known as Lord Franklin, um, it, it leaves leaves the listener. You're you're left wondering where you know where have they gone? Lady Franklin is leading these um, exploration missions to try and find them. She's willing to pay thousands of pounds, but you know they they have no leads. Except some people did see where they went, and they saw exactly what happened, and they tried to tell the rescue mission what had happened, but um, they weren't believed. And this was the Inuit people of an, of Alaska, um, the Netsilik people, I, I believe. And they actually witnessed the last days of the final few uh, stragglers of Franklin's failed polar expedition. Um, they saw these distant figures on the horizon they they were way-faced, gaunt, ghostly. They weren't making any sense. They they wouldn't trade any items. They they wouldn't interact with the Inuit. They wouldn't accept the Inuit's help. They were half mad, and quite understandably, having never seen Westerners before, let alone the state that these poor sailors were in, the Inuit explained them in the only way they knew how, which was they thought that they were spirits or demons. They called them the walking dead. And these walking dead were always headed south on what the Inuit called death marches, um, which is what they turned out to be. Um, but I'll, I'll leave you to listen to the song to find out uh, what ultimately happened and why the British recovery mission was so unwilling to listen to the Inuit and so scandalised by what the Inuit said that they refused to believe them, even though um, recent archaeological discoveries show that they were absolutely right. Yeah, I don't think there's really any more introduction needed for that song. Um, you'll hear for yourself. So I'm going to play the crew of the HMS Terror now, but I just wanted to say thank you very much to Jessica for coming along and um, chatting about your music and letting me showcase it. So, um, yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Honestly, like, I, 
it's so nice to be on an actual folk podcast where people might understand what the heck I'm going on about or at least appreciate it. And, and like, and yeah, I, these songs, there's, there's so much of a backstory behind them. And I very rarely get the opportunity to actually really dig deep into that backstory because you can't just give someone like an essay with with the cd you know or a reading list you know so um yeah i really love the opportunity to do that so thank you very much for having me that's all right an absolute pleasure to have you here so now i'm going to play the crew of the hms terror from the album apparently by jessica law and then after that we're going to go back into the regular part of my show and i'm going to play sweet william's ghost from faye heald's most recent album Rackline. What point does life depart and death creep in? 
Lady Margaret Christetown in her own loyal bar. Belt of a lime and stone. Lady Margaret Christetown in her own loyal bar. When she heard a dead man. Skyster showcases a diverse range of contemporary British folk music by established and up-and-coming artists alike. Lovely. So, um, what you just heard there was the last track of the showcase episode of Jessica Law's music, the crew of the HMS Terror from her album, Apparently. And then after that, we had a gorgeous rendition of Sweet William's Ghost by Faye Heald, um, which is uh, a traditional ballad um, touching on themes of grief over a loved one, which I've discussed in a previous ep- episode um that this is a, a theme that comes up quite often in in folk music, the the old belief that grief could cause a loved one to not be able to rest and to come back as a ghost. Um, really, really chilling, and I love the way that uh, she sort of juxtaposes that uh, kind of spooky storyline with um, a really quite cheerful cheerful uh, a happy sounding instrumentation Faye Heald's music is absolutely incredible she has a beautiful voice and um just writes some really really great arrangements so do check her out um she has her own website www.fayheald.com so um yeah we're coming to the end of this episode of Rory's Folk I just have one last track to play. I'm going to play one of my own tracks to close the episode. It's uh, called Second Love and it is a lesbian love song. Why did 
some more contemporary British folk music. And in the meanwhile, find Rory Skyster on Bandcamp, Facebook and Instagram. Feedback and ideas for future episodes very welcome. Thanks for listening. Radio Illuminoid, raising vibrations to help heal nations. Hello, I'm Paul Hazel, and I'd like to invite you to join me for melodies of the sun-kissed beaches, palm trees and rolling waves of the South Sea Islands, only here on Radio Illumini. You'll hear recordings from brilliant steel guitarists, singers from country, folk and popular music, and even some indigenous Hawaiian artists, all performing those beautiful songs of the islands. Aloha. Aloha.